I want you to go to the book of Exodus as we continue in our power series. Power series, we're going to be talking about the power of bread. The power of bread. Father, we thank you that the word of God is already blessed. In Jesus' name, let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in thy sight. It is my strength and my redeemer. In Jesus' name, we pray, amen, 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 amen. Thank you, Jesus. Exodus, the book of Exodus, chapter number 16. The book of Exodus, chapter number 16. Starting at verse number 1. The power of bread. Our thought for this series is pretty simple because when you hear the word bread, it seems to trigger an immediate thought of food that feeds the soul. However, in most cases in our spiritual walk, the sound of bread should trigger the same thought, except that it is spiritual bread, which is a sign of an everlasting and an eternal redemption of man's spiritual appetite. In John 6, 35, Jesus said to them, I am the bread of life. He who comes to me will not hunger, and he who believes in me will not thirst. As we move into this next series of messages, we will examine the true power of God's unconditional love to fulfill and deliver the promise to Israel. When we're talking about bread, I want you to understand that it is the eternal and everlasting fulfillment to man's spiritual appetite. And as we move into this next series, we're going to examine the power of God's unconditional love to do what? To fulfill, to deliver the promise to Israel. God's promise to you and I is that he would be our God, period. And by him being our God, our Lord, he's given us a promise. A promise that we would live. A promise of rest. A promise of fulfillment. And when we think about the body of Christ and we think about this passage of Scripture, throughout the life and the existence of the Hebrew nation, all God did was to remain faithful to his promise to them. Every encounter, he did everything that he could to remain faithful to his promise. What was the promise? that you would rest in a land that flows with milk 
and honey, that you would rest in a place where you would never have to want for anything in your life ever again, your generations. The power of bread, when we think about the definition, and it would be a moment where I'm teaching on bread and body trace fit is here because she actually speaks against eating all of that bread. When you go to her consultation, the first thing she says, cut out the bread, cut out the milk, cut out all of the things that will cause you to become fat. Bread is very addictive. When we look at the definition, it says usually baked and is a leaven food made of a mixture which is mixed with flour or meal. It is food or sustenance considered to be our daily bread. It was the Hebrews' origin of food. They lived off of bread. When you go to Italy or you go to Puerto Ricans, and uh, we, we, we joined the Hispanic church, and I, I've never eaten so much bread and rice in my life. Everything is made with bread. Joe, yeah, I went to Puerto Rico uh, for about two weeks. They had bread for breakfast. They had bread for lunch. They had bread for dinner. They had bread for snack. They had bread while you were sleeping. Uh, they had bread all day long. And guess what? They did not use the same bread at every meal. They cooked fresh bread three to four times a day. And not only did they make bread, they made fresh pots of rice every day. All day long, bread, bread. When you go to certain countries, that's bread, bread. They, they eat bread. When you go to Italy and places like that, bread, 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 bread. They're, they're, they're serving bread. Bread, when you're coming into the house of God, the house of God is a place where bread is being given and you take the bread of life and it feeds you the bread, the power of bread. I want you to go here with me, verse number one. Verse number one, and it says, standing as we read the Word of God today, everybody, if you don't have a Bible, a physical Bible, you should have one on your phone. So pull out your cell phone. If you don't already have it in your apps, Go to your app store, put in Bible, Exodus chapter number 16, verse number 1. Then they set out from Elim, and all the congregation of the sons of Israel came to the wilderness of Sin, which between Elam and Sinai on the 15th day of the second month after their departure from the land of Egypt. The congregation, the whole congregation of the sons of Israel grumbled against Moses and Aaron in the wilderness. The sons of Israel said to them, Would that we have died by the Lord's hand in the land of Egypt when we sat by the pots of meat, when we ate bread to the full. For you have brought us out into this wilderness to kill this whole assembly with hunger. 
Then the Lord said to Moses, Behold, I will rain bread from heaven for you, and the people shall go out and gather a day's portion every day, that I may test them whether or not they will walk in my instruction. Verse number five, and on the sixth day when they prepare what they bring in, it will be twice as much as they gather daily. So the sons of Moses and Aaron, so Moses and Aaron said to all the sons of Israel, at evening you will know that the Lord has brought you out of the land of Egypt and in the morning you will see the glory of the Lord for he heals your grumblings and against, he hears your grumblings against the Lord. And what are we that we grumble against us? I want you to go back to verse number four. This is where we're going to circle at. This is where we're going to lay our sermonic text. And then the Lord said to Moses, Behold, I will rain bread from heaven for you, and the people shall go out and gather a day's portion every day, that I may test them whether or not they will follow my instructions. And the Lord said to Moses, Behold, I will rain bread from heaven for you, and the people shall go out and gather a day's portion every day that I may test them whether or not they will walk in my instructions. As you take your seat, I want you to look at somebody and say the power of bread. The power of bread. Here we can see the children of Israel have come out of the bitter place, which we talked about on last week. The bitter place represented the place of Marah. They were in the wilderness for three days and they found no water. Moses took a branch and he threw it into the water and the Lord turned the bitter into sweet. They drank the water. They begin to journey on and a month later, they find themselves not in a bitter place, but in a place of hunger. They had no food, and what they did in the bitter place, they did in the next place. What did they do? They grumbled when they did not have water, and then they grumbled against Moses and Aaron for the second time, second time for not having food. They grumbled. Now, many people would say, well, it's common for you to grumble when you're hungry because I know that when I'm hungry, I get a little frustrated. I get a little agitated. Have you ever been around somebody that really gets hungry, especially if you're married and you walk in the house and your wife hasn't cooked the food after you work chief all day long and after you work all day long, Han and Raymond and our wives haven't spread out the food for us, they're getting all offended and stuff like I work too. I'm just joking, y'all. I'm just joking. Look at Carrie like, I'm not cooking this food today. <laughs> but have you walked in and you were little and mama didn't have the food prepared or you were outside and they said, don't you come back in this house until I get the food on the table, but I'm hungry. Don't you open up my oven and mess up my cake. I'm hungry. I need something to eat. They were in the same predicament. They were hungry. They were agitated. 
They couldn't understand why they did not have food. Their families were complaining. They were watching their cattle and all of this other stuff struggle with no food. All right? That's good. That, that's good. You can complain. There is a season that God gives you where you vent and where you lament. But here it is. Let's, let's look at it. You would think by now that over the last 41 days or so that they would have um, um, thought about all of the miracles that had taken place in their life by God. Let's, let's go back through it. Uh, he did not put any of the disease on them when the, all of the plagues came into Egypt. Uh, none of their children were killed uh, when all of the firstborn died in Egypt. Number two. Uh, number three, uh, when they walked through the water, nothing touched them. They walked through the ground and it was dry. N number three, uh, uh, when they got over to the other side, everybody was standing with them. Nobody drowned. Nobody was attacked. Number four, number four, number five, number five, number five, number five. He turns the water sweet. Number six, you've got six miracles Matter of fact, let's not even go to the bitter water. You've got five miracles that have taken place in your life without you even asking God to do anything, to do anything. They didn't have to ask God to keep them from the plagues because he said that I am only going to judge Egypt. They didn't have to pray about keeping their children from dying. All they had to do was put the blood over the, the post of their houses. All they had to do was keep moving forward. That's what he told him. He said, stop crying, Moses, and tell the children to move forward. All you got to do is cross over. You would think by now, Rock Church, that you would know that I am for you and not against you. Every time you complain, you act as if God is against you. But can I give it to you? The power of bread comes with the test. He says, guess what? He tested them the first time and he gave them regulations. And he says, I'm going to see if they will follow my statues and my regulations. And then they complain again. And he says, you know what, Moses? I'm going to rain bread from heaven to see whether or not they will follow and walk in my instructions. Can I make it plain? Be careful what you complain about. Be careful what you're grumbling to God about. Be careful what you're murmuring to God about. I really wish my marriage would be all right. I really wish I had all the money that I had. I, I really wish things would be okay. I'm sick and tired of this, sick and tired of this. Well, guess what? Today, I'm going to test you in three areas of your life. Three areas of your life. A miracle given out of a complaint. Have you ever seen somebody receive a miracle after they've been complaining and talking about you, Raymond? If you're in my house and I start complaining, my wife's going to be like, well, if you don't want to eat it, then don't eat it because uh, that's what I cooked today. And if you don't feel like eating it, then that's your fault. And, and you're not going to sit here and complain in my face as if I'm not doing what I'm supposed to be doing. I cooked a meal and you ain't satisfied with it. Y'all ain't hear what I'm saying. 
a complaint. The power of bread, God is going to test you immediately today because he says, I have opened up the heavens and I am creating rivers of miracles for you to walk in and operate in. As a matter of fact, I'm getting ready to satisfy your complaint. Number one, how does he satisfy your complaint? Through the power of bread. Uh, God tested them with provision. In Exodus 16, 4, uh, it, says, it says this, And the Lord said to Moses, Behold, I will rain bread from heaven. What is provision? Provision is the act or process of providing. Out of the complaint, what did he provide? He provided bread. He provided meat, and he gave it to them every day. I'm here to tell you that God is getting ready to provide everything that you desire, everything that you need, everything that you want. He's going to give it to you every day. Every day. The provision reflects a supernatural miracle from God, but it was a condition. He provided the miracle to get their attention. Huh. He provided the miracle every time Jesus performed a miracle. It was not for him to get the glory. It was to raise the unbelief between those who had an issue with him being Jesus. When God creates a miracle, he's creating it because he wants to get your attention. And what does he want to get out of your attention? He was creating the miracle to get Israel's life long commitment of loyalty, of obedience, of faithfulness, of trust, of dependence. Be careful what you complain about. You're complaining that it's awful and you want it to be right. But guess what? When God gives you this provision, guess what? It's going to come with a lifelong commitment that you follow and walk in the will of God, that you don't get rich and turn your back on God, that you get in a relationship and now you act like you don't know nobody. You get to the way you need to be and now you don't need the church. Now you don't have to pray. Now you don't have to intercede because it's all together. He gave them the miracle and he provided them bread and meet every day to get their attention because they were stubborn. He said, I, I, I want to see if you're going to commit to me. I want to see if you're going to remain faithful to me. I, I, I want to see if you're still going to pray. I, 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 I want to see if you're still going to act a fool in my presence. I, I, I want to see if you're still going to be humble. I, I, I want to see if you're still going to be faithful to my word the power of bread, he not only tested them with provision, but he tested them with a daily portion. I need some help. Baby, can you come help me? Can, can, can you come help me? Can you come help me? He tested them with a, a daily portion. A, a, a daily portion. Uh, uh, come on, let's move this table out, out together so that they can see it. Let's pull it out right here so that they can see it. We're getting ready to create. She's, she's, she's getting ready to give you. He said, I'm going to rain bread from heaven. I'm, I'm going to provide bread for you. I'm, I'm going to give you some, some, some bread. 
I'm not only going to give you some bread, but I'm going to give you some, some, some meat. I, I don't know if y'all can see it, but, you know, be quiet, Tremaine. I hear you already talking. Ain't nobody gonna, I'm not touching that. I know he's not going to try to make somebody eat that. That's been sitting up there. I know my people. Forget you, Tracy. I might make you come on up and, and, and take some. <laughs> uh, 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 he said that I'm going to give you bread and meat every day. But he says that I'm only going to give it to you in a portion. God is getting ready to create rivers of miracle through provision that will be given to you every day. But the second test is that I'm only going to give you a portion. My God, the, the portion. Somebody say, I only got a portion. Say it, say it. Come on, say this miracle is going to be rationed out to me. He, he, he's not going to give it to me. At one time, he's going to give me a portion. He says every day, uh, uh, Exodus 16, for the B clause, and the people shall go out and gather a day's portion every day that I may test them whether or not they will walk in my instruction. Uh, 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 the portion, the definition, enough food especially to serve one person at one meal. He says, I'm going to give you a portion. The, the portion, the portion will sometimes limited, will sometimes be limited. The portion will sometimes be just enough. But then sometimes the portion will be more than enough. The portion reflected God's enduring sustainability for Israel. God is trying to teach them something and he's trying to teach you that even though I'm providing meat and bread every day, I'm not going to give it to you all at one time. I'm going to give you a portion so that I can sustain you, so that I can see if you'll walk and be tested in my love, in my grace, in my favor, in my mercy, in the purpose and destiny of your life. Got to hurry up here. Not only did he test him with the bread, not only did he test them with the daily portion, but he tested them in the time of preparation. Exodus 16, verse number 5, the A clause. And on the sixth day, when they prepare what they bring in, it will be twice as much as they gather daily. Preparation, it is the act or process of making something ready for the use or service or getting ready for some occasion, a test or duty. I'm ready to mess y'all up right now because you become so greedy and you want it all right now. You've been complaining that you don't have food. You've been complaining that you don't have water. You've been complaining that you don't have time. You've been complaining that it ain't working. You've been complaining that it's too hard. You've been complaining and God is saying today, 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 this hour I'm getting ready to rain down bread and meat every day and I'm getting ready to give you a portion. But here it is. As we go down into the next verses, he gives them some commands. He says that 
when I give you the bread, you can only take what you need for your house. When I give you the meat, you can only take a day's portion, Joya. You, you cannot take three days' portion. This is not a buffet. It is a miracle that is testing your ability to manage your portion. Can you manage the limited portion? Can you manage the just enough portion? Can you manage the more than enough? Are you prepared? I'm ready to jack you up. Come, come on, come on, come on, come on. He says, I'm going to rain down bread. Today is Monday. He gives them bread. They take a piece of bread that's enough for their house. Take a piece of meat that's just enough for their house. And they eat it. And they eat it. Eat the bread. You got to eat it. God didn't give you the provision for you to take it and put it in the refrigerator. God didn't give you the provision to take it and give it to somebody else because they're hungry. God, no, no, no water. Eat it. You got to eat it. He's giving you provision every day. He said, on Monday, only take what you need. On Tuesday, take what you need. Come on, come on, what y'all doing? Somebody come get this bread. See, that's your problem. He giving you a miracle and you sitting there because you think, I'm not touching that because somebody else put their hands on it. Guess what it was? It was on the ground. They had to pick it up from the ground. It wasn't no plate. He didn't give, take only what you need. Make sure y'all say something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There it is. Take what you need. Uh-huh. Eat it. You got to eat it. Mm-hmm. See? There it is. Everybody had to come out of their house and eat the bread and eat all the meat on that day. Because if you didn't eat it that day, it spoiled. Woo! Y'all got it? All right. Look at Carrie. I can't believe I'm doing this. Take the meat. Do you know sometimes you ask God for a miracle? He brings the miracle to you and you let it sit there. You let it sit on the ground because you're too prideful to go outside and pick your miracle up off the ground. Or you get your miracle and you do what the children of Israel did. He said, only take what you need for that day. He said, and on the sixth day, he said, be prepared to not only take a portion, but he said, be prepared to take double. Oh. He said, be prepared to receive more than what you can handle. But guess what? What you get double, you got to use it still the same way as if it was the limited portion. You got to use your double as what you use your limited and just enough portion. Are y'all getting what I'm saying? I need somebody to come take double. 
That means that you got to take a bigger piece of bread and a bigger piece of meat. But you got to eat it. You got to take it. Come on, come on, come on. They're they, they here. Break it. Just, just break it. Y'all hearing what I'm saying? Double. Double. But guess what? This is not a message where God is talking about you saving. God is saying, I want to give you something that you can use and exhaust every single day. Manna, manna, bread and manna every day. On the sixth day, I want you to take double. But guess what most of us do? We take it all on the first day. I need somebody to come up here and be greedy and take the whole thing. Just take all of me. Just, just take it. Just take it. Take it back to your seat. Take it. Take it all back. Guess what? Guess what? Guess what? Just what she did and she did, that's what you've been doing all your life. You're afraid to live off of a portion. So you get greedy and you take it all in one day. And one day, guess what? He said, I didn't want you to take it all in one day. Why? Because the next day I had already prepared to provide you with the same amount, with the same favor, with the same grace, with the same mercy, with the same provision. But because you have a grumbling attitude, you get greedy and you take it all in one day. And guess what? Because you take more than what you should, on the wrong day it spoils in your house now you got stinky food in your house and if you're like body trace fit and she's close to you she will come in your house and start looking at the date on your salad dressing and the date and start throwing stuff on people like baby what's wrong with you that's my stuff and then Candace would be like if you don't get out of my house this is my house I do what I want I keep what I want to keep in my refrigerator you're not gonna do this to me you're not gonna guess what sometimes you got to clear it out you've been living off a day's portion and you're trying to eat five days off a one-day portion because you don't trust God. Because you don't believe God. Because you don't have faith enough to go back out tomorrow and pick up your portion. You don't have faith enough to go back out the next day and pick up your portion. And by the sixth day, God is going to give you double for your obedience. He's going to give you double for your loyalty. But guess what? Some of us won't double in the beginning when God says, I got to trust you with a little. I got to trust you with just enough. I can't give it all to you right now because if I give it to you right now, you're going to spoil the whole thing. They got so greedy, Tremaine. They got so greedy that they start going out and picking up the spoil. They got so greedy because all it takes is one spoiled apple to spoil a whole tree. All it takes is one crazy person to be like, well, baby, go get us enough you need. He's still out there on the ground. No, no. He said, only take what you need. Because he understood that what you cannot eat, 
I'm going to preserve you from becoming sick. I'm going to preserve you from becoming contaminated because I know that your body can only hold so much. I know that your vision can only be given to you at certain amounts of time in your life. And so I can't give it to you at one time because if I give it to you at one time, you're going to use it all up and you're going to do what? You're going to displease me with your attitude of being greedy. The power of bread. I'm going to give you provision out of your complaint. I'm going to test you with the daily portion and then I'm going to test you to see if you are prepared to receive the double portion. The issue is that you've been asking God for a miracle. God woke you up this morning and he gave you a miracle to eat bread and to eat meat but it didn't look like you thought it was supposed to look so you turned around and you left it sitting right there but guess what God ain't mad he ain't mad because guess what? It's your fault that you ain't eating. It's your fault that you ain't making it. It's your fault that you ain't living the way that you should. Why? Because you won't eat the daily portion that God has given you. And guess what? 40 years later, they were walking around still eating the same meat and bread every day every single day they were living off of manna by now you should be eating meat by now you should be off of the bible by off of your bottle by now you should be at a place where you're saying wait a minute god i know how to make my own bread now i know how to make my own meat now i know how to stand on my own two feet now i can get up and just bless you i can trust you i'm getting ready to walk towards my promise i'm tired of eating this meat i'm tired of eating off the ground. I want to sit at a table that you prepared for me in the presence of my enemies. How long you going to be satisfied with bending down on the ground, taking manna and bread and talking about it's the favor of God. It was a miracle created out of your nasty complaint. It was a miracle to test your obedience. It was a miracle. It wasn't no miracle that you should be sitting around here shouting on. Manna is none that we should be shouting about. When God gives you manna, you got a commitment problem. When God is feeding you bread off of the ground, did y'all hear what I said? They were eating it off the ground, Reverend Chris. The ground, after the meat spoiled in the morning, there was a, a flake that sat upon the ground. It was bread, and they had to go and accumulate their portion. Don't you think your back would be hurting after 40 years of bending over and picking, ground and picking it up? Come on, just think about it. Somebody should be tired of eating off the ground. You should be in a place by now where you said, wait a minute, this ain't working. I, I need to create me some agriculture. I, I need to create me. I need to build me a house. All these trees around. See, the one thing that you don't not have in a wilderness is wood. 
Y'all ain't hear what I'm saying. Sometimes you're going to walk up on some trees and you've got to be able to build something out of nothing. But most of us sit here and we complain to God and we talk about God and we talk about the church and we laugh at the church and we criticize the pastor and we criticize and you stop giving, you stop serving and you're still eating off the ground. It ain't my fault that you still want manna and bread off the ground when you can build your own table and bake your own bread and make your own meat and make your own vision come to pass. Keep your attitude. I don't really care. It's your fault. It's your fault. Ain't my fault. They were never satisfied for 40 years. They ate manna. And we talk about his favor that the soles of their shoes didn't wear out. Are you kidding me? You walk around in a circle in dirt for 40 years, living out of a tent when you could have built houses, when you could have your own land. Y'all think that we're going to sit here and eat manna off the ground as the rock church? The devil is a lie. We're going to find our building. We're going to find our place. And we're going to do ministry sitting at a table. Y'all ain't hearing what I'm saying. We're not going to sit here and act like we desperate and act like we lost and act like we some low-life ministry. I believe, God, that I can do it now. I can stand on my own. I can stand on my two feet and declare the blessing of the Lord. Make it rich and add it no sorrow. Y'all got to be crazy. I think we're going to be sitting up in here for two years in a fellowship hall. Y'all got to be crazy. We're going to get our building. It ain't going to be no raggedy building. Ain't going to be no broke down building either. It's going to be a campus. And it's going to be worth millions of dollars. We ain't going to be sitting here acting like we some dead church. Broke pastor. Broke people. Broke membership. The devil is a lie. We will live and not die. We're the head and not the tail. We're above and not beneath. We're getting ready to land. We're getting ready to pay our mortgages. We're getting ready to pay pastors' salaries. We're getting ready to pay people's salaries. We're going to have our own real estate agent. And we're going to pay them good. We're going to have our own fitness trainers. We're going to have our own caterers. Y'all don't hear what I'm saying. People ain't coming in here talking about we just doing it for free. We're going to bless you to work. Y'all ain't hear what I'm saying. It's called the Rock Church. We create relevant moments where broken and hurting people are put back together again. When you come to your church, you ain't got to worry about somebody manipulating you. It's going to be a place where we get together and we live out the grace and the blessing of God. Stand on your feet. It's important that you fight. Yes, you'll go through a season of eating off the ground. But that's a season. That's not your destiny. Look at the ground. It's the last time. This is the last time. I ain't doing this no more. I'm tired of bending over. I need to start serving people bread and meat at a table 
because I got it in my hands to do. Hear what I'm saying? Got it in my hands to do. God ain't waiting on us. He's moving, and he's moving forward, and he's not waiting on you. He's moving forward. He's moving forward. Lift your hands. See your portion. See it. Portion, your life, your destiny. I need a full band. We need full staff. I'm not talking about five years from now. I'm declaring it now. 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 You need everything that you need now. You might not use it now, but you're going to have it for later. Come on now. Did you hear what I said? How you manage the portion determines what God gives you later. Hear what I'm saying. Our own graphic design artists. When we, begin to, when we begin to do what Bishop McKinney did, I'm walking in that anointing, and we've got that anointing. Where we bring people from all over the country and give them free seminars. We teach them how to do it. And we give them our resources for free. So the people are made whole again. We got our own football team. We got our own basketball team. We got our own baseball team. And we're now creating cultures where we can partner with AAU and we can send Chris out and say, hey man, go start a football team down there for that church. Right, right there. Go, go start it. Go start a basketball team down there for, for the go, go, go start it. Y'all hear what I'm saying? You got it in your hands. Lift up your hands. You ain't broke. Say it. I ain't broke. Say it. I ain't broke. Say it's in my hands. Say it's in my hands. Open up your mouth and say it's in my hands. It's in my hands. It's in my hands. And when I put my hands to the plow, my generations will be blessed. I ain't broke. He's going to give you a winning team. He's going to give you a winning strategy. He's going to give it to you. He's going to give it to you. It's in your heart because you hate to lose and you despise losing and you're tired of a losing mentality. But I hear the Lord saying, son, stay there and keep pushing and keep pushing because every day you show up, you win. Every day you show up, those young men have an opportunity to win. Every day you show up, they win. Every day you show up, they win. Every day you show up to your job, people have a chance to win. Did you hear me? Jesus' name.